out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined this evening by two of my amazing co-hosts. First of all, uh, down in Houston, Texas, Mr. Jim Harris of the Texas Foxes. What's up, dog? Hey, how are you doing today, Matt? I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on and see you. See you both. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes, we are joined. The man himself is back from his trip to the motherland. Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Welcome home, bud. Great to be back. I'm going to do my best. First of all, it's great to be back. Great to see both of you. Uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, keep it together on the pod because I am going through serious uh, Tiger Ale uh, and Lester Curry and Greg's withdrawals right now. Yeah, the that you can expect symptoms to last three to five days. I would say um, you can you know treat it with Yorkshire tea that helps. Um, I'm I'm not like a big um, anglophile. I would say um, not not a huge tea guy. I do have some in the house. Um, luckily, the Airbnb that we had um, in Leicester was right around the corner from Saints of Mocha. And uh, who started our, each day that we had with like just so much positivity and also um, incredible tasty caffeine and lots of good coffee. So um, definitely no shortage shortage of uh, tasty coffee in Leicester, which we really needed and helped us help get us through. Uh, shout out to those guys. What was the name of the cafe again? So we can uh, uh, send Saints any of Mocha. Boxes. Saints of Mocha? Yeah. Mocha. Mocha. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome guys. Um, and uh, if anyone's, you know, looking for a good cup of a Joe out there, man, they, it was just, just solid, solid humans, just awesome dudes. And they make a mean cup of coffee. You got to say it. Got to say it. Awesome, dude. We got to see three matches while you were over there. Um, I mean, starting off with, we won't go back through them entirely, obviously, because we did our best to cover them without you uh, here on the pod, but started off with a whirlwind against Watford, and then you went right into Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, then, yeah, ended up with Burrow. Yeah, it was, uh, Watford was wild. We we flew in overnight, uh, pretty much on no sleep. And went straight up there. Uh, really great time. I think you know the 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 fans that that traveled up to Wofford really got it. And you know, as they say, as the kids are saying these days, um, understood the assignment. And and that's just really to to get behind the side and and um, make a lot of noise and 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 push the team. And you know, went up two nil, went down a goal. Uh, and then I think the, like the last 10 minutes or so, it was just nonstop pretty much of the Enzo's blue army or Enzo's blue and white army. And, um, you know, we were all just yelling that, you know, as loud as we could. And it would die down. And as soon as it died down, someone else would start it back up. And uh, it was just a really great way to kind of see that game over the line because it, it looked like it could have slipped away. Um, so much fun. And... Um, yeah, and then up to Leicester, and it was just a an absolute dream week up there, man. I got I, both. It was, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit of uh, at a loss of words for, for just how amazing the the week was up in Leicester. 
I definitely know the feeling. You even got to see some uh, some Vardy goals. That that makes every trip that much better. So man, I what some Curry, some Vardy goals, some Tiger. You got got it all. You got it all in. We we got it all in, man. And you know, very lucky. Uh, the club invited us on to you, Lou, and uh, thank Neil for taking the photos. Cal for helping you know sort so match out also, and we had a great time. Um, you know, it was just a total dream, you know, before before the game. And, um, yeah, get to see Vardy, get to see a win, get to see Vardy score against his boyhood club, which is, you know, also makes it even that much more special. Oh, we had um, lots of Tiger through the week, amazing Curry with the, you know, with uh, Jack and Rick, with big, strong Lester boys. Uh, tried my hand at some cricket, at sixes. I think I did all right. Um, although Car- Car- Caroline was the best of the three of us, I have to say. And uh, but yeah, we uh, had an awesome night out with 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 pipes. Uh, that was a lot of fun with Matt Piper. Man, what what a guy! I mean, he's just you know everything that, that he's the same guy that you hear on the radio, same guy that you read on Twitter. Is just completely genuine and and a total blast. Just total blast to be around him and um you know might have left him worse for wear before that borough game but you know, he says he's going to give us some revenge in, in new york and uh i just say bring it on i think the um i think the fumes that you and pipes and and ryan and caroline exuded from your night before maybe have affected the performance on the pitch a little bit as well i swear we did not see any active Leicester players out on that night. So it was. It may have um, just been like. They may have you, held up somewhere else. You got to also see a gorgeous, gorgeous Union FS TIFO that looked absolutely incredible. How did that thing look yeah. in person? Uh, it was a little tough from where we were um, from, from our, our stand because we were kind of we're pretty close to the goal line. So it was a um, little difficult to kind of see, but you can kind of get kind of had the flavor of, of, of what they were doing and it. Did a ph- phenomenal job on that. Going on and on and, and, and saying all these things that I've done and people that I've saw still haven't mentioned that I got to see Ollie a few times. Yes, sir. Our man from the stands, Ollie and Maka. Got to see Mish too. Got to see one of you know one of my my favorite New York Rangers fans and and listeners from from over there tony man just what a guy every time every time i get to see tony is awesome yeah. but so many so many amazing amazing folks and amazing people and um and really lucky that there you know there are a lot of folks that that i've met through you know new york foxes and uh for over so many years you know some i've met in new york some met over in leicester um and it was it was just awesome to have that opportunity to get to see so many people back in, in Leicester this week. Amazing, buddy. Well, we are so glad that you had an amazing time, and thank you, as always, for representing us so well uh, over on that side of the pond. you uh, I know everybody loved having you over there that I spoke to, and you were certainly making us jealous back on this side. Well, well Matt Piper might disagree with you. He, he might think that, <laughs> that we didn't represent, represent things so well, but... Oh, man. Well, let's uh, dive into the game that uh, Matt Piper was feeling so poorly because of his night out with the New York Foxes on, and that was Burrow. Oh, man. I don't know, Jim. What are your thoughts? It's just one of those things, but I'm telling you, 
prime Barcelona wasn't scoring against that team. It was just one of those games where a foot was always in the way, no matter what you did. I mean, for God's sakes, guys, we had 24 shots that block every single ball found the way to be blocked by somehow. And it was just one of those games in the championship, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's been described by, I think, Wattfass, um in, in an interview after the game. I think Moresca's kind of talked about it too as a bad day at the office, right? I think it was one of those games where I felt like in the first half, and I'm sure Jason, while you were in the stadium, and but when we were watching, you know, on on TV, we could have played that first that first half could have been the full 90 minutes, and we wouldn't have got got a goal. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a it was a game. I think we the the biggest thing for me, you know, without diving into detail, is I think we showed some fight and we showed sort of that we wanted to get back into the game and we didn't give up despite not things going right for us. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hopefully a small blip in this long season of positivity. Well, it's one of those things, guys, this is why, you know, we build this point cushion that we have because this, these kind of games just happen in this league. It's, I mean, you say it all the time. It's one of the toughest leagues in the world. And, and it's because of the parody. It's because of the number of games. You know, we have tired players. And and sure enough, this thing's happened. This is why we have to keep the foot on the gas and have this point lead that we do so far. Um, I mean, when you have 72 72% possession and you, you know, complete almost 700 passes and, and you still lose two to one, it just happens, Jason. It was a, it was a funny one. Uh, I didn't think that we played that badly, aside from um, just a couple of brain farts defensively. Um, we weren't so didn't show a lot of guile on the wings like we showed in the first half against Sheffield Wednesday. And I don't know. As I was watching the team, um, it just looked like we had a lot of tired players out there, and. I, I saw the the two games pre the two prior games where we we were starting to get a little heavy out there and Moresco was waiting to make subs. Um, he he knew right away that he had to make early subs in this game. But so, I mean, the chances were there, and the chances were there to take something from the game. And mm. part of me wonders if the side were looking forward or looking ahead to, to the Leeds game and not really taking this Borough team as seriously as, as they could have been. Um, and, and this is a, a Borough side that, that beat us mm-hmm. when we went up to, when we went up to their place. So, uh, and Michael Carrick is, is an, I think is an excellent manager. They've got a few decent players on, on that side. And, um, you know, I think it's natural to look ahead to, to Leeds and know that that's the big game and, feel like you kind of have to um, save a bit of energy for that after playing three games in a week and then having to go play play up there um, on short rest so um, yeah it just I guess I guess it was a bad day in the office hmm. I honestly I couldn't get mad at the it was just like you know you have Vesti missing that sitter Daka misses one up close Vardy misses one up close. It's no one could watch that game and be like, "Yeah, you got played off the pitch today." We, it's just one of those things hey, that happens. Yeah, I got texts from from Burrow supporting friends who were like, 
if we're damn lucky to walk out of there with three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it felt like we just battered them all over the pitch. Yeah. It, it, I think, like, it was said that that was almost like a 2015-16 Leicester performance from Borough in terms of absorbing pressure, you know, getting some luck, and then being ruthless on the break and making the most of the chances. Um, Matt, as you said, like, I think we should have, we could have been a couple up before they scored. And I think there was a bit of, I, I thought the first sort of 15 minutes or so, we looked pretty good and we were making chances. We were putting pressure on, um, but then we just didn't take the chances. And then the first goal, I think, was a sort of kick in the guts in a way because it came from them absorbing pressure from us. And, I think I, I think it's to call it sort of an individual mistake is is tough, but I think sort of seeing Fass doing something he's not done all season or a lot he's curbed all season, right? Which is going and trying to nick the ball off them on the halfway line, and their player getting to it and making a really great pass out wide, and then just count a counter attack where it was you know three on two or whatever it was. Um, that's the guy we've talked for a long time about. He's he's got no pace, and he was he was sort of lumbering backwards to to, to follow, but he was nowhere near um, Azaz, who ended up scoring the goal. Justin kind of was remonstrating that he was fouled, but I think he was too far back from the play anyway. You know, he sort of slipped from a collision, and it was a really good finish. And that, that 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 was the big difference. And then from there, we were kind of pushing on. And I think, like, it felt like we were going to get one. But as you said, Matt, we would we didn't get one. And then they kind of sucker punched us again a bit later in the first half. And it was going to be an uphill struggle from there, really. Yep, and especially when it's just one of those games where you can see, every, like, ping, ping, ping. They had eight blocks. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, they... Got a lot of guys behind the ball and really, really clogged up the area. Did not make life very easy for um, our center midfielders and particularly players like KDH and Dennis Pratt, who like to you know make those ghosting runs. And they really didn't find much joy um, throughout the game. KDH wound up getting subbed off, which I think might be a blessing because you know he has so many miles on his legs this season. We could use a fresh KDH um, up at Allen Road on Friday. But, yeah, I mean, as good as Carrick set up the side, they did ride a lot of luck. Um, it was interesting to see Enzo put Cannon out wide, more of a direct player. Um, McAteer gets subbed on also. Uh, I have some thoughts about Casey. From, from watching him and spending a bit of time just following him on the pitch um, this week. And, and Albrighton comes on as well. And it, so even though the, the subs were a little unorthodox, we were still playing the way Enzo wants to play football. And yeah. it, we were still able to create plenty of chances um, playing that way. And it just, it just, the ball just wasn't going in for us. I think it was also one of those rare occasions where Mavadidi and 
Fatawa who have not yeah. were not on the boil at the same time. I think Ab- Abdul was a was the better of the two, and I was a bit more surprised to see him go off. Like I think Mavadidi was just like not at the races at all. Um, yeah, and was rightfully hooked for Cannon at half time. Um, but especially after we had such a good game with the wingers against Sheffield Wednesday and we were exploiting the width. But I think there was a bit of credit of Borough kind of going to that back five, changing how they played and having two really energetic wing backs. You know, I always think about like a C. Luke Ayling and it's like, he always seems to have a really good game against us. Like when he was at Leeds, he seemed to have a good game. I always thought like he'd be, you know, he's a good, a good player, even with his man bun and all that stuff, you know, but you do, you dude. Um, but they pinned, they, they like, they absorbed that pressure and they were both like really direct, r- strong, energetic wing backs that did what wing backs do, which is they started pinning back our wingers who, like you said, Jason, looked quite tired and labored and then made the most of it. Yeah. Sometimes we take a long time to get the ball to the wingers. Yeah, and especially when the side plays the back five like that, it gives those center backs um, time to support the the, the wing backs. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times where it looked like you know winger would get the ball, play it back to the middle, and then the first look is to you know for the for the center back to either look at a defender or look at, and look at the um, look at another center midfielder before making another decision. And I think there were a few times where we could have just played the ball right back to the winger. So the winger plays an inside pass, could then make a run down the wing and and receive that ball back. Mm -hmm. And we just, we were never really looking for that. And that pass was open, I think, quite a lot. Um, And and we could have gotten Burrow backpedaling a little bit more, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't the, the, the idea. Of, of yeah. how we're going to play. It definitely looked like that watching it on telly as well, especially in like Mavadidi when he got the ball. It seemed yeah. like he had three players on him at all times, like Ailing, McNair came over, and then they yeah. kind of had, I think it's like their right midfielder because they played 5 4 1. So they could triple team that that space and block him out. Yeah, which wasn't a problem against Sheffield Wednesday. He was just exactly. making everyone and just get <laughs> yeah, exactly. through. But, but it, was, it, it was an issue on, on Saturday for sure. Yeah. And he and he kind of closed out his outlet back, and like you said, it was a, it reminded me a bit of a couple of things. Like first, like watching England kind of like play the the, the horseshoe, where it's just like works from mm. left, back, you know, right winger to left winger in a kind of horseshoe through the midfield, and they're not really doing anything. But more so, it felt like, and I said it in our chat while we're watching, was like that Bournemouth game. Remember when we couldn't break them down? And like a couple of seasons ago, and I think we end up losing like one or two nil. Um, but we were just like had the, all the ball, and we couldn't we couldn't get behind them to bring the cross in. And I think the goal that we scored, and I think you talked about Cannon coming on, Jason was a really nice goal. Like I think credit, but I don't think I think it was nice to see it being mixed up with like a different style of player. And sort of a, a goal that was more from the kind of classic Vardy annals, right? Of yeah, yeah. running onto a through ball and smashing it home, which he's done a bit this week, which is nice. 
Yeah. There's uh, there's there's probably a life in those legs. Well, Burrow uh, complete the first league double over us since 2001, uh, 2002 wow. season. Wow. So, is that from that Burrow was, or is that from anyone? That's from Burrow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there were a few when we got relegated, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that was, was a relegation even, there, was even, there was even one where we won the league. Yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's when they won the league, wasn't it? Oh, wait, no, they did. Oh, yeah. uh, they did on, on uh, Valentine's Day. They had yeah. a photo, a photo that says they did though. Um, so yeah, unfortunate uh, as it was, we uh, we go and move on now. Kdh in that match though uh, now has the most heading into that match. He has the most assists since David Nugent in the 2013-2014 season. So it looks like a stat that he should absolutely crush by the end of the year. Hope so. Yeah, um, and hopefully we manage him through the rest of the year too and and use those opportunities to rest him when we can because he's going to be very important and and we're going to really i think need need to rely on him against leads um just watching some of the players and and, and trying to kind of track them a bit more in the stadium it's interesting to see certain things and um, I think I'm not sure what position Casey McIntyre is watching him, and mm-hmm. he, he's got a lot to, to offer. And I think he got a lot of unnecessary flack for his performance at Wofford. Um, he didn't really do a whole lot of offensively, and he didn't look sure of himself. It didn't look like he knew where that he wanted to push up or when he wanted to push up. When he got the ball, he was unsure. But I thought he put it in a hell of a shift defensively and made a lot of plays at the end of the game to really save our asses. And then he he came on against Burrow and just didn't really seem like he knew his I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like he, he is so sure of, of, of his positioning like this week, just watching him. And um and then you contrast that with Albrighton. Albrighton came on and just like wanted the ball whenever he could get it and was looking to make plays. And I, I, I think that Casey can do that. Um, and, and hopefully he, he starts to see that from the veteran players and, you know, a player like Albrighton can tell him like, look, this is how you make a living in this game. This is how you last at, at, at this level. And, um, because you know he he has the work right. He, he definitely wants to 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 make something happen. I just don't know that he's comfortable wherever he's played so far this year. Hmm. It does seem like that. That I don't know what if he did. I don't. I can't remember what position he played for the under. You know, for the development squad. But I, I felt like he he seemed quite comfortable before he got injured. Yes. And it's, it's like you've said, he's gone up the boil. It also felt like he didn't look natural on the right. And like Jason, mm-hmm. like, it looks like you're, you know, sounds like you're really watching him closely. And, you know, that's the beauty of being in the stadium, right? You can just go and pick on a player for a few minutes and watch what they're doing. Um, and so that's really interesting to hear. Like he didn't look natural. And it, it, it made sense almost to have the Albrighton come on 
to provide that width and stretch yeah. and then putting Casey there. And he, I think O'Brien came on for Pratt, I think. And then Casey sort of went into that sort of advanced eight role, which yeah, in a way I think he might be better at long-term. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about maybe as it end up being a striker or a second striker or something eventually, because he seems like a sort of instinctive finisher and maybe ironically better on the left, a bit sort of like you couldn't put Harvey Barnes on the right mid, but then look at him on the left wing, different player. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, of Dennis Pratt, I have to give, you know, an honorable mention to Dennis for, for playing, for making three appearances in a week. Yeah. I think that's a- I don't think that going into the season, anyone would have bet any bit of money on that no. ever happening for us. Um, some of his passing was, was a bit off, but um, it's a lot of fun to watch Dennis press mm-hmm. throughout a game. I think he's, he's very good at it. I, it'd be interesting, Jason, like when you watched him, it seems like some of his passes don't work out because he's doing something and the other person on the other end isn't thinking what he's thinking. I, you know what I felt like? It, he looked like a golfer who was just having trouble reading the speed of the greens. Mm, okay. You just say he had a lot of trouble like getting the weight right on some of those more delicate passing plays. I know how that um, feels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. You're, you're, you're I, I've seen your scorecards. Yeah. <laughs> you you know your way around the golf course. Um, yeah. You know. I, I think that was it. That was that was what was missing from from him. Otherwise, you know, we could have been talking about. Pratt putting in, you know, eight out of ten, nine out of ten performances. Mm-hmm. If he could have just waited a few passes a little bit better. We had that cross, didn't he? That was looked over hit, but what maybe it was over hit and he had more time than or was that was that in the Wednesday game or was that Wednesday game he could have played yeah. that one that ball Got across. Body, and then body. Yeah, it looked like it was just it was it was too too far ahead and, and a little too much on that for yeah. for Vards to get to. And I had a perfect view of that because What's like on the right side, you know, in the west end, um, a little, you know, a little higher up than the than the goal line. So it was a perfect angle there. And there was just, it, the pass was there. You could see it. There was a lane, and he missed it. He just pressed X for too long. All right, man. Yep. yep. Definitely. He <laughs> was he was being FIFA rigged, scripting, scripting. <laughs> that borough game reminded me of scripting. That's like yeah, I, I, I think was, it was. I was playing against a computer in that game. I'd have restarted it. No way they're gonna. Yeah, the only thing missing was us hitting the post like sixteen times. Yeah. That's that's what happens in those. And then being abused on chat afterwards. <laughs> it was, um, you know, it was an interesting one. Um, and uh, and I don't know. Do do we want? Do we have any more? to talk about regarding the, the, the football and the tactics and the um, performances. I don't know. I think so, you mentioned um, it for honorable mention, Tom Cannon's pass. Well, yeah. And, and yeah. And, 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 and like I've been saying all year, folks, when, when you get to see Vardy score, just get, give it a little bit extra, you know, celebration when, yeah. when you're watching, whether you're watching at the bar, you're watching at home or you're at the stadium. Because it is, it is unbelievable, and yeah. we, you know, who knows what will happen to the club after this year? What we decide to do going into the Premier League, but every chance that you get to see the goat score a goal, you doesn't matter where you're watching or how you're watching it, you got got to take it in and, and you know, 
um, and really savor those moments. Yeah. Matt, did you get uh, to see him score when you were over? He uh, did not, but I did get to see Yannick Vestergaard score with this cock. So I, you know, ten you've, seen a, you've seen a rarer event than a, uh, I don't know, a, a Halley so Summit. Is that what yeah. Fot Mob means when they say, you know, because you could see, you see goal scored left foot, right foot, header, and then there's other body parts. I wonder if they had to add that in because of that best card. Middle foot. <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, yes, uh, I, we did want to, oh. wanted to obviously give a chance to, Hear from our man in the stands, the man at the match, Mr. Ollie McLean. He's in his weekly video for us uh, regarding Burrow. Hey, it was Foxes. Hope all is well. Um, just a quick one on yesterday's disappointing result against Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, there's not not that many. There's not many positives. There's there's a few, but it's never great when you lose. But you can't win them all, I guess. Um, but that's a game that we really should have been winning because they weren't great. <clears throat> they really weren't all that. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. It happens. We're not expected to win every single game. Um, but we uh, we made it harder again for ourselves. Um, at times there was just no. <sighs> Usually there's there's. You can see that they're coordinating with each other, but there was just no coordination at all on Saturday. There was multiple, especially with Dubriel, multiple chances where he was just pinging them left, right, centre, and they were going nowhere near any player. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what was up yesterday, but it weren't, it weren't right. Something was up, and I hope it's given them a kick up the arse for Friday, because that's. Biggest game of the season, really, and it leads away. They've already done us at our place. I'm not going there expecting anything. I'm not going to lie. Um, I just hope that we don't embarrass ourselves and put out a horrible performance. If we play like we did yesterday, I think we'll get spanked. I really do. I think that embarrasses, but hopefully they use it as a learning curve and a kick up the arse to, to try and turn it around tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow, Friday, sorry. But yeah, we can only um, hope and pray, and hopefully we can get back on the on the positive side. Um, so yeah, keep that uh, we keep that faith up, and those boys are still going up and still looking forward to every game. It's just they're coming they're coming thick and fast, and I'm loving it. I'm just loving it so much. So yeah, keep the faith as always. Well, up the city. Thank you to Ollie, as always, for taking time out to give us his thoughts. And yeah, it pretty much just echoes what we uh, we all pretty much thought. One of those games, man. I mean, is it, if I didn't miss the guy enough, you know, <laughs> now I had to get to see it here, man, man. Ollie, Ollie, I miss you. I got to get my my butt over. It's going to try to do it again before the end of the season. See you again, because uh, yeah, what a guy, what a guy. What a guy. What uh anything else that you wanted to hit on Jason uh, on the Burrow match before we look ahead? So this week you know there was some action on the in the Twitter space about the atmosphere at the at the game and I think um you know it's easy to say certain things you know watching them uh on TV and I was just 
but I was curious to see it, what you guys could hear or, or to see from you what, what you could hear from the atmosphere from the game, you know, from, from the home crowd and was curious if it sounded any different from other matches that, that you've watched. Well, uh, unfortunately, due to the setup at the Bluefoot this week, I'm going to have to rely on Jim. <laughs> Is Jim's opinion on this one because we had uh, the perfect oh, no storm. We had the perfect storm at the Bluefoot. Uh, every single team that calls the Bluefoot home all played at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, that has God. that has never, with the exception of Man City, the Man City. They, I think, they were at a little bit later, but. Every single group. So uh, that meant Arsenal was there. Newcastle was there. Villa was there. West Ham was there. Wolves were there. We were there. Uh, it was just crazy. So unfortunately, yeah, we uh, lost out to the Arsenal sound. And uh, we did get to see the U Union FS uh, TIFO. But as far as atmosphere goes, that's about all that uh, I could give you. Because it was an absolute shit show at the Bluefoot. And I uh, didn't have any sound. Jim, Jimmy, what did, what did that you hear? I should have run that question by you guys before the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, well, yeah. no worries. Yeah, so, I had to watch on I was just YouTube thinking of it now. So. No, and I have to watch on volume one because it's too early. And then, no, um, I think it's interesting because for the Watford game and, you know, the away game, we could, I think we could actually hear the Leicester fans quite a bit yeah, on TV. Yeah. And we know that the away support is singing pretty much all games. Great crew of people that are going um and up for it and like you said jason it was an exciting game it was one that you know we we kind of like after after they started getting back into it i think you could tell the fans getting behind the team and like really pushing them trying to push them over the line and you know getting into it and then i think the sheffield wednesday game from what i watched you know i missed some of the start but we played really well and it seemed like we had a bit, we had good support, but then it sort of died down and it was like, as it felt too comfortable and, and it kind of became the, I think this is one of the challenges of when we moved to King Power and, you know, you're splitting up all the, the different support sections and it's quite a big, you know, relatively big space for not like a huge capacity, but it feels like a big space. And mm. so it kind of diffuses the sound a bit. And then I think it was just like sort of, I think I didn't know if there was an expectation of like why we're we not battering them like five, six, seven nil um, in that and a bit of like, oh, okay. And then I felt for the Borough game, it was, you could tell like they scored and it was just like, I couldn't hear any hearing the fans getting behind the team to get them, will them back into it. And it felt like after the Vardy goal, it picked up again, but there was just like a big dead space in the middle sort of. 50 60 minutes on either side of half time where it was just like pretty crappy support and all you could hear were borough fans just going nuts yeah yeah so that's how it came across when i was watching at home so i don't know if that's yeah i think that's i think that's in, pretty in... fair i think that's that that's pretty fair um and not a whole lot different than kind of what i would say about the games but i i think um, for the Borough game, it was, there was definitely a slow kind of build up, and and you know, 
the 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 TFO really got kind of things going yeah. early, which was great, and I think that always makes a difference. Um, you know, and then it was just it was a very very frustrating first half, but the way the team came out early on in the second half, I think that you know kind of kind of reminded the crowd like, hey, we're still in a game that we could possibly even go win, even though we're down two 0 And I felt like slowly there was you know, a little bit more belief that we could get something. We were knocking on the door for you know, so long in that half. It was pretty funny, though, like the 80, 85th minute kits and a bunch of people start, start walking out to the exits yeah, and Vardy scores and everyone starts running back back to their <laughs> seats. Um, but what, where where a city, you could see that there, there's certainly an issue with the acoustics. Now, the acoustics don't matter if everyone makes noise in the stadium. Yeah, we know we've about see, the we, We've seen that, right? We, we made earthquakes. But um, it's very clear that L1 and yeah. SK1 yeah. just cannot hear each other. No. And, and the support, I thought, was excellent in, in both of those sections. But yeah. there are times where they're singing just completely different songs. Yeah, and or know, if, or what I noticed at Sunderland, they'll be singing the same song, but they'll have started it fifteen seconds off of each other, and then it's it's completely you know back and forth. Yeah, so I mean, there were there were times where they were just you know just on 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 different different songs, and I mean, there's nothing they can do about it, right? You know, they're out there and you know just trying to support and trying trying exactly. to sing, exactly. And, um, yeah. It's like I, L1, yeah. L1 is singing, K1 is sort of, is joining in, but it's, and yeah. then like J3 is sort of, it, it's like half and half. You've got some really hardcore still, but they want to have a better view. And then like you said, Jason, like everything up to, and then it's SK1 and that more specifically, like the Union FC bit, especially, are going nuts. But you're kind of like, what are you, what are you singing? <laughs> Type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean it's silent on the West End. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can see that there is something there, and there is something that can turn into, um, you know, a uh, a I don't know, a, a, there's something that that we have there that we can harness, I think, and 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 use to create a a pretty unique atmosphere that a lot of English grounds don't have. And it's just, you know, we'll have to, it remains to be seen, you know, if if we make any changes, obviously there's going to be a lot of resistance from a lot of pockets of the stadium to moving things around. But, you know, we have a good number of fans that are at the ground that are hardcore support that want oh, yeah. to make noise. But they're not together like you would have in an away end. And, um, you know, but I just, I don't know. I, I think we're starting to see that the fans are starting to, the home fans are starting to kind of slowly get it too and, and realize, like, you've got to push behind this team. And people are seeing the atmospheres at the away ends. And I, I would hope as we get now towards the business end of the season, we're going to see a little, hopefully hear a bit more of that from the home fans because they know it's there. 
it you can see that that we have a lot of folks that are going to games and interested in making noise. It's just very difficult difficult for them to kind of get together and make it happen. For sure. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that, you know, towards the end of the season, as they see that this push is happening and, you know, I do think that there's this, this fan People we've are. heard about them all season, you know, that is expected, you know, us to be a premier league team and it expects us to win every game in the championship by seven was- goals. So, uh, you know, that's, Hopefully they get happy and get back into yeah. it. I mean, on, on the Saturday kickoff, you could see there was a buzz around the city. You know, people were ready for the game, and it was you know there was a good atmosphere around the city leading up to the game. People knew that there was going to be a tifo that adds a bit more, and so you know there there is excitement. I think people are starting to 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 come around, and and the folks that were moaning and groaning maybe aren't doing it quite as much. Um, I definitely saw a big drop off of that from Tuesday to to Saturday, and um, yeah, and I don't know. I'm I'm gonna try to kind of stay uh, optimistic about this because I, uh, you know, we know what that stadium can do, um, and and I think now people are starting to really grasp what's going on, what Enzo's trying to do. I think. Um, the, the, the When You're Smiling podcast, I think, has done a very good job of talking about how Enzo wants to play. I think Piper has been a good advocate for it and, and, and has been explaining it in ways that I think help a fan who you know, doesn't see themselves as a tactician kind of understand what's happening. I was going to ask how many people yell, get it forward, while you were there. I didn't hear it once during the Burrow game. Which is... Um, I didn't hear it at all during Wofford. Maybe maybe heard it twice at the uh, uh, against Wednesday, but we were up two 0 on them pretty early. So I think uh, that that quieted down the. It was there wasn't the urgency necessary to to get it forward when he went up two 0 <laughs> Well, we uh we'll be headed on uh, Friday evening to a place that is known for the atmosphere, and that's Ellen Road. Heading into the biggest game of the season, said that a few times this year, guys, but this one is absolutely true. Uh, heading to play Leeds, who are in second place, eight points behind us, unbeaten in their last ten games. Uh, really can't quit, get much bigger than this one, Jason. I mean, a Friday night under the lights. It's going to be a massive, massive game, and quite frankly, this is prove it time. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually surprised because I thought that that Leeds already had the season wrapped up when they beat us the first time. Yeah, uh, so they, same they here. Were, they, <laughs> they were all talking. Um, it's a big one. I I, I don't think it's um, a be all end all for us. I, I'd walk out of there with a point and feel good, but I yeah, I don't. Know, this season might feel a little unsatisfying if we don't get any points off of Leeds and if we don't get a win off of them. I don't want people to think about this season and think that we're like a bunch of, as they say, flat track bullies, right? Like we couldn't beat Ipswich. Uh, we beat Southampton earlier in the season, but they weren't the same Southampton back then. And, you know, if we can't beat Leeds at all through the season, it might it might take a little bit of luster, I think, off the season. And, you know, off the performance, and, and which still could be a record-breaking performance. So... I, I really, really want to get something out of this one, like really badly. And 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 there have been a lot of times where 
we've had those kind of, you know, big moments and those big games in the last couple of years and, you know, maybe not always up for the occasion. And um, we, we blew a real opportunity against Coventry and, you know, and we lost the leads at our place. So I, I hope um, that my theory was true maybe earlier in the episode saying that maybe we were looking ahead to, to the leads a little too early. Um, but I also hope that the, the players recognize like a win here could really set us up to, to cruise to the rest of the season. A win here, in my opinion, I said prove it time. Just it, this is, there's lots of questions about what Enzo and, and we've looked at his record in these quote unquote, bigger games and it's not as strong. And, and to your, to your point about flat track bullies. So I think a statement win here to come out and, you know, quiet, quiet the crowd after the Burrow loss and to hand it to second place. I think it would be the most important and, and just be a huge thing. I'm with you. I'd take a point. Absolutely. But I think just as far as setting the team's mind, right. Heading into this last chunk of the season, setting the fans minds, right. Getting the support. Uh, I think a, a big, nice result here would be great, Jim. It's massive. It's ma- absolutely massive, this game, I think. This is the difference, you know, first to second between, you know, what is it, nine points now that we're, eight. we're ahead, eight points we're ahead. So this is the difference between five and back to 11, which, you know, getting to double figure lead again will be psychologically huge. Um I think, as Ollie said, if we play a bit like we did last last weekend, we could be in trouble. Um, I think Jason, you talked about like are people like KDH tired? I think you know they'll be up for it, and then we've got QPR the following week. So this is like you've got a week's rest, go for it, bust your gut, beat these. We can we, we can rotate a bit against QPR. You know we're not going to take it for granted, but home game against. You know, someone in the bottom three should be doable, especially if we beat Leeds and we're on a high. Um, and then, you know, going from there, it's going to be on national TV around the world, right? It's the, you know, it's the Friday game. Um, it's the top two. It's the glamour two glamour teams from the league. It's set up to be a good one. You know, I'm hoping it's more a, a rainy night in Leeds, 4-0 Leicester. Um than it is, you know. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Leeds? What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're the games we look back on like fondly in in at Ellen Road, right? Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I'm like I'm super excited. I'm you know I'm gonna be booking out the day Friday afternoon. I'll be watching and I'll be probably like bricking myself the whole ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I take it a half day on Friday, get down to the factory, which should be, which should be pretty full. And Leeds have a, they have a big group at the bar too. So there's going to be a decent lot of us, a lot of them. So on a personal note, like, which I'd really like to see our boys show up and, and put out a good performance up there. Yeah, we're going to have the, the blue foot will be going. Uh, Ronnie, the, bartender let us know today i'm not sure right now how many numbers are going to be there uh but yeah please feel free if you're near san diego to go down there the game will be on at the blue foot of course i'm just not sure how many of us will be out there i'm going to try my damnedest to get down there but uh no promises but 
Um, yeah, guys, I don't know. It, you know, coming off of a game like last week, I, it's just massive to me. And look, it, this league is so just look at what happened with Southampton. Nobody in the world thought Bristol City would be the team that did that. But this is just the league that we're in. So get a get a huge three points against Leeds. And I think that uh, we're coasting the rest of the season, um, you know, even though mathematically it's not quite wrapped up then, but I, I just think it would be one fucking hell of a statement win for us to get in there and do it on a Friday night in front of the country. Um, I'm here for it. So uh, as Jason said, if you're near New York city, get down to legends of the football factory to join the New York Foxes. I'm sure our friends up in Rochester will be hosting their wonderful watch party up there in Rochester, New York. Philly Fox is probably having something getting on. So jump on the socials and see who's getting together and uh, join them. And uh, let's get three points, guys. It's, it's, it would be massive. Wanted to give a quick shout out to the LCFC women. Uh, speaking of Bristol City, they get a five to two. Another massive Ooh. win for the girls. <laughs> It, things are starting to click, man. Um, it, it's 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 getting really really good under Willie's care. Yeah, I mean, and if you haven't watched that game, like take a look at some of the goals that were scored. There were some gorgeous goals in, in that game, and uh, that was I, like you said that the team is starting to click. I think some of the new signings have been fantastic. Yeah, and and fit right in, and look, you know this is it like safety is is pretty much in the bag now and they're kind of knocking on the door you know not not far very far behind top six why not yeah they're why right the there. Not? they're right there they've got a match uh next match will be sunday march 3rd at 10 a.m and they've got uh one against chelsea yeah and speaking of uh of, of blessed city women uh Fox's Pride kindly uh, invited the, the three of us who are over um, to their football v. homophobia um, a reception after the game and really want to give a shout out to, to Fox's Pride for all the work that they do and, and their fierce advocacy. Um, but then also um, to, to show that you know a lot of fun can be had uh, in activism. And it was a really, really great event. We had a... We had a, a Lovely time, a lot of laughs with with the Fox's Pride crew, um, and we, you know, some of their folks have been over to New York. We've been able to host them at the factory, so it was, it was really just special for us to to be hosted by them um, at, at the King Power. I know there'll be other Fox's Pride um, folks in New York as well, and um, you know, we see ourselves as Fox's Pride as well. You know, we have um, uh, all different. Um, folks from, from various backgrounds and um, who are part of New York Foxes and um, that was really kind of them to to um, have us um, included in their event, uh, which was joined by uh, Giannis Gaiman and, and Sophie Howard of, of the women's team. Two outstanding, incredibly accomplished international footballers um, who were right there, you know, on the front lines showing that they are challenging discrimination um in, in so many forms so i think that's really also um great to 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 have players like that be ambassadors for for this cause and um it also does show you know that 
the, the caliber and the quality of, of players that we now have on the women's team. I mean, it's incredible how good this team has gotten in such a short period of time. And the games are, are have been a lot of fun to watch this year under, under Willie. That's great to hear. Like, you know, like I echo Jason on the Fox's Pride crew. They're, they're, they're amazing people doing a great job. You know, glad to call them some of my friends as well. Graham's now got Graham. You better be listening now. I've sent you the link. So he was like, Oh, I didn't know you had a pod. So um, hopefully he's <laughs> spreading the word on that side. And he's, if you, if you listen to the radio Leicester, you'll hear him quite often. And it's great that radio Leicester are great advocates of them. And Jason, awesome to hear that we've got some wonderful human beings as well as wonderful footballers on. Um, as part Absolutely. Of the club. Yeah, that, that's like, that's just amazing to, to hear that you've, that you able to go and meet with them in person and, and get to spend time with them and that they're doing something to make a difference and genuinely like putting in a, you know, fighting for a good cause that they care about genuinely rather than like, Oh, you know, we're doing it as part of our obligation, you know? So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, within two seconds of, of, of meeting both Sophie and, and yes, you, you will, you can tell that they are incredibly genuine and people and, and good folks who understand what they're doing, why they're doing it and, and, and why it's so important to be out there. So awesome. um, it was great, great to, to see an experience. Best city, best club, best people. Just, uh, we say it all the time, guys, uh, did ask for your questions, comments, uh, Netflix, um, recommendations, anything. And, uh, LCFC Causey, good friend of the pod sent in, not a beer drinker myself, but two show recommendations would be money heist and Ozark. And he says he's personally still pleased with the team's play this season, despite the recent loss. Uh, either of you watched money heist. I've seen Ozark and it is phenomenal. Yes. Can confirm. I can concur and echo that triply that Ozark is a fantastic show beginning to end and very sad it's not going to be on anymore. I've not seen Money Heist, but heard a lot of good things about it. Okay. What about you, Jason? I I haven't watched the show, I think, since regularly since the last uh, season of Curb Your Enthusiasm and it'll probably (laughs) be the same this year. Um, I was thinking about watching a show, finding something to get into on the on the flight back, and uh, instead watched uh, the Senna documentary for the first time. And you know, once again, I would you know cry again on an airplane. I got to stop watching things like <laughs> Manchester by the Sea on airplanes, man. It's just it's it's too much. It's too much. I have. So, flight attendants um, worrying about you over there. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it was a pretty empty flight, and they didn't really have much to do. But uh, yeah. and no one really, no one really caught you, me. You were already um, sad crying because you'd no more Gregs for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it was. You no, know, really. Because <laughs> my body's just trying to get all of that sodium <laughs> out of me. <laughs> Uh, good friend of the pod, Tony Wilson, talked about him earlier. Uh, he said, now I know Jason and Ryan like a tiger or Guinness or three. What was your favorite tipple when you visited Matt? <laughs> uh, and I, is, is there any answer uh, beyond the tiger ale? There's just nothing like it. You, that sweet, sweet copper hits your lips and it's all over, guys. So, as Jason's so remembering. 
<laughs> it's so freaking good. And look, we don't really do the hand-pumped ales in, in America. It's not really no. easy to find. Beer is not a thing. And um, it just doesn't fill you up as much as like a, a really fizzy lager does. And damn, it's just so tasty, that Tiger Ale. And it's, for those of you not had it, it's not warm beer. It's not no, warm. It's not. No, it's not warm beer. It is a warm building. Uh, when I was in Everett, it was about <laughs> 96 degrees, and every member of uh, our little group was sweating their ass off. So, uh, not a just, not a warm beer, but just a warm yeah. building. Just well, in case, just anyone... to read. Go on, Sorry, okay. Jim. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, just in case Tony was interested in my favorite when I go back, because I know he only asked you, Matt. Just kidding, Tony. Love you. Um, <laughs> I'm a partial to a Guinness because I think it tastes different. It tastes different back home than it does i know it's not in in ireland but it's 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 closer and as jason knows i like a guinness because i probably put a way quite a few with you when i was over in new york last time as well yeah well um yeah guinness guinness is great over there There a couple of bars in leicester that have a great pour um duffy's bar is known for their guinness Uh, i made sure to have a few over there and when i wanted to switch it up occasionally from the tiger went back to the Guinness. Um, but you don't have to just have Tiger at the Everard Brewery. There are plenty of fine pubs around Leicester that, that do serve it. So if you are looking for a place that may have the air conditioning turned on, you'll be able to find it. <laughs> Got some windows. <laughs> window open. Uh, okay, well, um, besides that, guys, just two little news things that happened this week. It did see that the Fatawa deal is happening uh, by the end of the season. It looks like that will be a done deal. That makes every single person on this pod very happy and every single person listening to this pod very happy as well. So very happy about that, Jason. Yeah, and if you are, um, if you haven't been over yet this season, uh, make sure you know those damn words to the Fatawa song uh, before you get over because it's uh, <laughs> so much fun to see the stadium. Uh, we we try to get it going a lot at, um, at the football factory, but it's uh, it's so much better to do when you have thousands of fans around you singing. Yes, sir. And then the other news was that uh, Stefano Sensi is out for the season, uh, having a plate removed in his leg. So it seemed that he only needed to spend uh, one day at Seagrave for the curse to hit him as well. So I, I will say about that. I think that he would have gone through the rest of the season without that surgery, but since he's not going to play for Inter at all, he said, you know what, let's get it done now. But I don't know, or or uh, or, or yeah. someone accidentally dropped the magnet on it. And, uh, <laughs> Who will know? We'll never know. Uh, we are at that point in the pod, guys. Anything else that you two want to add before we send the faithful listeners off into the evening? I'm just excited to hear what two neighborhoods or cities you come up with. And that's this is becoming my favorite part of every episode. I just well, I only I'm only on here now. I, I only flew back from England just to for this part of the pod. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you. On that note, guys, let's uh, start to wrap it up. And uh, yeah, we said if you're near New York City on Friday, please, please, please go join our friends over at legends it will be the time of your life same if you are near san diego california come join us rochester new york they will be meeting as well 
Um, other than that, reach out to your friends, your family, anybody that you know that likes Lester and get together because this is a big one, biggest of the year so far for sure, guys. So let's get these three points and uh, head off into the end of our season. And on a good note, uh, on that note, from Reno to Ratby, we'll see you next Ooh. time on the U.S. Boxes podcast. Peace.